Trust the Lord will bless his word to our heart. We're in chapter 23, dealing with a civil magistrate. Chapter 23 of the Westminster Confession. And we've talked some about other sections, although there are no catechism questions dealing with it directly. We've talked about chapter 20 of the Confession, specifically paragraph 4, that deals with liberty of conscience that you have and how that relates to authority. We've talked about the Fifth Commandment uh, and the questions there, 127 through 132, that deal with relationships, inferior, superior, equals. Uh, So we've got those coming into play. Now, just for review this morning, I want us to, to back up just a little bit. And again, this is, this is critical because we're dealing with what you deal with every day of your life with those around you. You have to deal with the local authority. You have to deal with the state authority. You have to deal and live under the national, the federal authority. You, you, you interact and you live under the church authority. In the home, there is an authority, right? So the concepts that are here, the principles that we're dealing with, you've got to understand, because we talked last week, and what I want to review this morning, are the relationships that create the tensions. Because it doesn't always work. In fact, rarely does it work perfectly. We have been blessed. I hope you thank the Lord every day for letting you live in a country where the tensions that you face and that I face most often are of our own making and not so much the government, the authorities. We're not happy with some of the things they do. But thus far, we enjoy a freedom that's not known anywhere else in the world. And God has blessed you by letting you live in this country. So, with that being said, first relationship, and we're talking about Christians because. This is primarily from a Christian perspective. It applies to non-Christians as well, but to understand, this was a, the confession was formulated by Christians. Right? So they're looking at it from that perspective. Now the first relationship that man has to deal with is the relationship with who? Think about it. First relationship you've got to come to grips with is the relationship with who? What do you think? With God, sure. Right? That's where liberty of conscience came in in chapter 20. You've got to deal with it, and you then must deal with it every day. Now, the beauty of that relationship is One side of it is perfect. 
and will never mess up, will always deal with you in the best of ways. Right? It's not to say there won't be discipline. But it's to say that God loves you and he deals with you in that love. Right? But we create tensions, don't we, with God? There are those things we do that displease him. There are those things we do that trouble our own heart when we stop and think about it. You know, we talk about it a lot of times. We have difficulty praying because we aren't where we should be. We haven't guarded and maintained that relationship as we are. Now, you create tension in that relationship, immediately you're going to have difficulties, I think, in all the other relationships. Because you're already approaching them from a <coughs> defective or an impacted perspective. So we've got God and man. Then we've got what? What's another one? Kind of where we are in this chapter. We've got man and, let's just say, authority. Here we're dealing with civil magistrates, government. All right? So you've got government and man. Now, again, from our study so far, we know that these governments are what? Are ordained of God. He put them there. It's not like he said, now, you're going to be this kind of government over here, and you're going to, no. But we, we talked about there was even a type of government in place from creation. And God has given those to sin. We know sin creates chaos. Government is necessary to help maintain to help keep that chaos in check as much as possible, All right? So we've got this relationship. Now, again, you've got God. We talked about that. And then you've got these civil authorities, and then you've got man. I mean, the men are involved in the, the authorities, too. But then you've got those under the authorities. So you've got that. But also working is this God and man relationship is going on at the same time. So now you in that relationship have to understand how that relationship requires you to interact with this authority and understanding that God put it there for your good. So maintaining and you're still we know that God alone is Lord of the conscience. And we say that, and we mean it. But the one thing that we have to keep in mind is that, yes, he is the Lord of the conscience. That is, man answers only to him. But he is the Lord of the conscience. Meaning, 
when God says, this is what you will do, it doesn't matter what your conscience tells you otherwise. God is Lord of the conscience. Your conscience must obey that authority. Now, why do I talk about that? Because that authority put the civil magistrate in place. So in exercising your conscience, that which God gives you the right to exercise, you've got to understand God put these people in place so you have no right to ignore them. Now, how you deal with it and, and what they're doing, uh, there, there are difficulties at times. But you cannot ignore them. You cannot say, well, I don't like what they're doing, so forget them. Because hmm. God says, I ordain them, you obey them. You know? Let's bring it down to very practical application. In the home, you know, if mom or dad, and we'll pick on dad, if dad just gets it all wrong, do the children come and say, Dad, you got it all wrong. Forget you. I'm going to do what I want to do. No. I wouldn't advise that. Not a way to get a very good result. Well, you, you can, all these relationships where there's authority, you've got this same type of situation. And how you learn from it, and, and young people and parents alike, you're learning. You're learning how to interact with your government by how you interact in the home. That's why so many homes that are void of teaching, void of any aspect of authority, then young people grow up and they hit authority and they don't know what to do with it other than to rebel against it or to say, wait a minute, I'm the master of my own life. Okay? And that won't work. cause all kind of grief and heartache to you and to others as well. We know from this paragraph one that it's interesting. Um, we talk about God, the supreme Lord and king of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him, over the people, for his own glory and the public good. And to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword. Now here I would suggest that that's just law. Okay? Power of the sword, we get into war and whatnot in the next paragraph. But for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evildoers. And I would suggest to you that God in equipping them with the power of the sword has given us a model, given us something to learn from and consider the same way he deals with us. There is a law. That law still applies. 
The keeping of the law is still what God will judge any and every man by that has not accepted Christ. You break the law in one place, one time, and you keep it perfectly otherwise, you will go to hell and be there forever. Right? You break man's law. You don't do what you're told to do. Let's just say rightfully. And you will pay a penalty. It may be monetary. You break the law and kill somebody. We've had a trial going on for all the world to see. And you go to jail. Maybe it you wind up with your life being taken. All right? God has equipped man with the sword for our good. It's kind of nice, isn't it, to at least think that people are restrained from just shooting you because they don't like you today? Because they know if they do, there's a penalty to be paid. Well, that's the sword that God's equipped these authorities with to help maintain good. And then the third relationship that comes into play here is government with government. How does the local authority deal with the state? How do the states deal with the federal? How does this nation deal with this nation? Okay? As Christians, we, we would like to think, and it's the next paragraph, but as Christians, it'd be nice if, if, if it's functioning the way God would have it function. There are Christians in these various places having to decide how we interact our country with this country our state with other states and with the federal government. Now, again, I suggest to you that the second two depend almost 100% if they're going to function correctly, depend upon that first relationship. Because it's as you understand and appreciate not only God's authority. Right, we don't have a hard time understanding that, I don't think. But when you look at how God uses that authority in relation to you. Then you start, if you can get a handle on that to the extent the finite mind can. When you can get a handle on that, I would suggest to you, then you can understand how governments should work, not become tyrants, dictators, but there's mercy, isn't there? There's some degree of tolerance. Tolerance. 
There's patience. There is the necessity to understand what the other side, where they are and where they're coming from. And when we can see, okay, God dealt with me. He is the absolute authority, but he dealt with me in mercy. God says you sin, you die, right? Wages of sin is death. The day you eat of that fruit that I told you not to eat of, you're going to die. That's God's authority. God's right, and God set the law. Did Adam and Eve die that day that they ate? No. Would God have been wrong if they had died that day? No. But God dealt with them in mercy. He said, I'm going to give you another, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I'm going to make it possible for you to be reconciled with me so we can enjoy the relationship, that good relationship, once again. Because you'll never get there. I'll never get there. And God knew that. And God made a way through Jesus Christ. Okay? Yes, yes. Spiritually, they were damned. Yes. Good point. Good point. Physically, they didn't. Well, physically, in one sense, they started the dying process. Right? And, and death was certain when it came. But, yes, the moment they sinned, separation and death in that sense. Good point. Good. All right. So, so we see these relationships, and, and our understanding here of the principles that our confession has set out, you, you're not going to appreciate these principles just as to civil magistrates if you don't look at these others and see how they all interact. Because you, you can't isolate them. If you do, you get an overemphasis. It's like sometimes we do, you see people even scripturally. They lay hold of a principle and it becomes the principle. And they forget about some of the other principles. They forget about what God said over here as to how you use this principle truth they forget about what God said is to how you act one toward the other which means how I take this principle that I've laid hold of and has laid hold of me and how I apply it to my relationship with you oh you don't agree with me on this well then I'm not going to have anything to do with you Really? If that's true, 
to the extreme, you're going to live a life to yourself totally. Because you're going to disagree with everybody somewhere along the way. Sometimes even disagree with things, how you interpret scripture and how I interpret it. Right? And unfortunately, sometimes we fall into that. So appreciating the civil magistrate aspect, church government comes chapters, a couple of chapters later. And we'll get into that. Principles are much the same. Right? The form of the government may be a little different. But principles are much the same. Now, what are the difficulties? Why is it that we have such a problem with any of these relationships? Well, we've already either said it or hinted at it. The first problem is what? Very obvious. You stop and what 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 bothers, what messes up the relationship you have with God? One word. Sin. Sin. Sin messes up every one of these relationships. Okay? So we got to deal with sin. That's why I said that first relationship, the one between you and God, is so critical. Because that's the only place you can deal with that problem. And in dealing with that problem, understanding and appreciating how the supreme authority, God, the king of all the earth, how he deals with you. Now, then I start, okay. So now, how if I'm in authority, if I'm part of the government, how do I deal with the people? With the laws that I make. When they break those laws. There are judges that sit on the bench. And probably somewhere every day. But with quite a bit of frequency. Has to determine how they're going to deal with this individual for breaking this law. It's rare that the law says, you break this law, boom, that's the penalty. No. It's, well, it's one to five years. So how many years does the judge give to this person? It's $100 to $5,000. So how much penalty do we impose? And what do you see? You see people coming to the judge and saying, judge, Please show mercy for this reason. This person has been a model citizen. We don't know what happened. But this is totally out of character for this person. There were these extenuating circumstances. Why do they do that? So that the judge doesn't impose the maximum sentence just because... It seems like that's what needs to happen. But if you're appearing before that judge the third or the fourth or the fifth time for the same problem, do you think that judge is going to be inclined to even listen 
to somebody coming and saying, Judge, he, he just he, he just gotten messed up. He's a good kid. He's a good person. But he's just kind of gotten confused. And most likely the judge would say something like, Well, I'm going to give him some time to think about what he's doing, and maybe he can clear up some of that confusion. All right? And I've been in the courtroom when that kind of stuff's been said. Greenville County had a judge, and, and you would have loved to have gone and sat and just listened to him. We have something called plea day. So that's when you're going to come and say, yeah, I'm guilty. All right? And they'd come, and you'd get young people, especially teenagers, early 20s, 30s. And uh, this judge, you'd stand there, and he'd look up at you, and he said, you know, and I'm just giving you some idea. You know, I know, son, that your father died when you were kind of young, been kind of tough. And your mama's tried, hadn't she? Yes, sir. You think she's proud of you standing here today? No. Your mama's so-and-so, isn't she? And you kind of, yes, sir. Yeah, and, and she's, she's been working, she works here and she works here, doesn't she? been working two jobs to try to provide for you. It's just the kind of thanks you give. And he would go on. And he could do that person after person. How he knew everybody in the county and where they came from and how they're related to. But that's, he brought into play various things as to why he might or might not show leniency. Judges have to do that. You and I have to do that. You're going to be in relationships where you are the superior, using the term, as our catechism does. You're the one in authority. And someone's going to break the rule. Someone's not going to do it the way you told them to do it. And you're going to have to decide. Do I just chew them out? Do I fire them on the spot? What do I do? How do I do it? That's what we're talking about in this chapter to some degree. Because all of that is the outworking of this chapter, this civil magistrate, this authority working out in real life and how you react to it. Oh, they had no right to do that. They had no right to do that. Well, maybe, maybe not. So... Sin is a problem. What's another problem? Would you want somebody in civil government running the matters of the church? No, we, we, we're real quick probably to say not necessarily. That might be a good Christian that might do a good job, but generally no. What about vice versa? Do you think people in the church ought to be able to run the civil government. And I would suggest to you, 
Equally, no. Why? Why? Well, it's for any reason. Scripture talks about who should or should not be an authority in the church, doesn't it? At least in one, one area that I'm thinking of. It says that a novice should not be an authority, right? Why? Because of their youth? Not alone, not, not specifically. But what is it that Scripture would be addressing there? Why? Experience. 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 Knowledge. Okay? And I would suggest to you that church and state don't work well there. But even in a lot of these other relationships, what you know and what they know is important. Well, what you know relative to all of these relationships we talked about from God's word is the only way you're going to understand how they ought to work. And the only way you're going to be happy, content. Because you know that God has ordained the powers that be. I can be content with that because I understand my relationship with God. That he's Lord of my conscience and I understand he's put these authorities in place to help me. So I can be content with it. I may not be delighted with what they do, they may do some very bad, wrong, sinful stuff. God didn't ordain them to sin. They still have their will, just like you and I have our will. Once you're saved, doesn't mean you're free of sin. Well, once they're in office, they're not free of sin either. So we got to understand and appreciate that part of it and then go from there. So this knowledge of how things are to work. And we talked last week, where do we learn? Where do we start trying to get some understanding of how, especially with civil magistrates, it's to work? We get it from history, right? In the history, the first place we look is the history that we have in Scripture. Tells you a lot. Helps you understand. And then we look at human history as it's developed and as it's been played out, understanding it from what we've seen in the biblical history, some of which is one and the same. Right? But we see how God really is working. In Scripture, we can see it directly because Scripture tells us, and God said, all right, not, not a lot to figure out there, is there? With other things in history, we don't have a book that we read that says, and God said. So then you got to look at what happened. And you start trying to, well, how is God, having ordained the powers that be, what's he doing here? How do we understand what's happened here? How do we understand world wars? Okay, tough. 
Not necessarily good answers. But I can see them and I can view them knowing that God is in control and has ordained powers for his glory and the good of his people. And sometimes we'll never know other than he did it for his glory and our good. Whatever that is, his glory we can understand, but we can't understand necessarily how this brought him glory. But you and I don't have to understand it. We just have to understand what's behind it. God, and we know what we know about God. So it's critical. Another thing's perspective. Keeping a keeping the bigger picture before us. Don't focus on one thing and make that the big picture. It's not. It's one little speck in the big picture. So we have to our perspective. What's our perspective? What do we know about our life here? We're here for one reason, right? And what is that? To do our work in what? The kingdom of God, right? That's the big picture. God is working all of this to his glory. The glory will be the redeeming of a people and taking them to be with him forever. The judgment on those that rebel. The fallen angels. All mankind that rejects the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's the big picture. Now, how do these things fit into that big picture? Your perspective gives you, number one, I think it'll give you a lot of peace when everybody's heart is in turmoil. It gives you an opportunity to share the gospel because of the peace you have. How can you be so calm? Why doesn't this bother you? Because I know who's in control. Because my heavenly father loves me. And it's going to be for my good. No matter what it is. I know that. I know he's in control because God's word tells me he's. The powers that be are of God. He controls them. So it helps my perspective. Then it helps me as a Christian to deal with abuses, breakdowns, conflicts. How as a Christian am I to deal with those when the system doesn't work right, when the authority abuses that authority, when there are conflicts? Now... Now it's getting really hard. Now that relationship between you and God 
And understanding that is going to be critical. Because you'll never deal with your tensions with the authority in the right way if you can't appreciate how God does and what he requires you to do. That gets to be perhaps the hardest part of this. In governments with governments as well. So we see, as we deal with those things, we see how God has dealt with fallen man. We see how he deals with saved man. Saved man who continues to disappoint. We see how, what he says, how we are to deal with one another as Christians. That's not just if things are going nicely and smoothly. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, Romans 13, are not just in the good times. You don't have to be patient with somebody when everything's going great. You have to be patient with them when it's not going so good. Right? When they don't want to get along. When they won't get along. Love. The part that love plays in the Christian life, I just don't think we have a good clue about. And yet, it's the summary of the moral law. Love God, love your neighbor. That is applicable, among other places, in matters involving the civil magistrate. Love makes submission much easier. Love makes discussion much easier. Should. Love makes humility much easier. Without love, humility is probably out the window. It's critical. Now, how do I make it, how do I use it in relation to these other relationships? Right. Now, it's a lot on review, and again, I, I'm, I'm spending time because this chapter is not just about, okay, God's ordained civil magistrates. It is. So you know that. Now, what do you do with it? Knowing it, just having some idea, okay, I, I know that now, but... How does that affect your life and my life as Christians? In appreciating the principle and understanding it and what God's intended for it to do. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop because we won't now. Next week, um, Dr. Beakey will have Sunday school. So we'll not be meeting. So rather than starting something that we'll skip a week, I'm just going to stop right here, and we're about out of time anyway. 
So we'll look at the next couple of paragraphs. We'll start with paragraph two. But I just wanted to tie everything that we've done so far together this morning. Give you something to think about as we approach, because when we get to paragraph three, it gets a little tougher. Maybe, maybe what some have been waiting for, <laughs> how, we, how we deal, how this church and state thing works a little bit. So we'll get to that. But good. Anybody got any comments, questions, thoughts before we close? Good. All right. Well, I want to get back to where I'm asking you a few more questions and letting you participate because I really appreciate it. You've got good thoughts quite frequently, and I, uh, I appreciate the, the interaction. So maybe we'll get back to that here in the next couple of parts. All right, let's pray. Father, we're again grateful to you that you've loved us enough to give us your word, Lord, to help us understand some of these things that we have to deal with in our life. And Lord, to understand them in a way that we can do what we should do in a way that pleases thee, in a way that brings honor and glory to thy name, in a way that, in a way that further extends thy kingdom. Lord, whether it be our testimony, whether it be simply the condemnation of wrongdoing, whatever it may be, Lord, we ask that you would help us to be used of thee in this, in, in this area of the civil magistrate and the matter of those in authority. Lord, give us a good understanding and give us um, that, that which we need, the help of the Spirit for sure, and that understanding of the word that we might be profitable servants even to our local state, national authorities, that we might do our part, and we might do our part gladly. We might do our part as unto thee, but under those in authority over us. So, Lord, help us, we pray. Be with us now in the remainder of this thy day. Minister to our hearts as we seek to worship thee. And we'll thank you for it, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.